What's up, gang? Thanks for joining me. Coming to you from the West Coast, back here in Los Angeles. Got here last week. Uh, had a busy weekend down in Manhattan Beach, which, by the way, I will fight anyone. It is the best county, well, not county, best city within Los Angeles County. I'll argue that with anybody. It's beautiful. It's away from Hollywood. Everyone's rich and chill. I will admit, a little too snooty. A little snooty at times. You know, every once in a while you want to punch a kid who's just, like, annoying, right? Like, a, like a, just an annoying 13-year-old in the in the line at Pete's Coffee or something. You just got to check every once in a while. Outside of that, it's wonderful. Love Manhattan Beach. Beautiful. Quintessential Southern California. Not Santa Monica. Everyone's like, what about Santa Monica? Santa Mon-? No, Santa Monica sucks. It's full of homeless people and, like, meet and like kind of successful actors that's who it's for okay and way too many way too many homeless way too many tourists in santa monica you do have to go i'm not gonna lie you can't like not go visit santa monica it's part of like you got to go see it if you're coming to, to la but just not that cool i've barely been on the pier i think i've been on the pier once and i lived in la for 11 and a half years and i've been on the pier one time that's whatever it's fine promenade fine some good restaurants some good little spots for sure there was a joe's pizza there There there's a couple of joe's and i was by the comedy store i went to the comedy store a couple nights ago and the joe's pizza is still there which i'm super excited about i'm glad there's still joe's pizza having a presence in los angeles because la pizza does suck not all of it there's some good stuff here obviously new york wins no doubt but still some good stuff here the joe's pizza by the comedy store still legit i appreciate that that's still there Hopefully the one in Santa Monica is still there. Anyways, I digress. Manhattan Beach is the shit. A little snooty, but we'll take it. All right? For the scenery. So, spent a lot of the weekend down there. Hit up my old spots. Becker's Deli. Manhattan Beach Creamery. You know, the good stuff. Um, trying to trade and focus on that. But uh, it's been... One of my rules for when it comes to trading is if I, I'm realizing the more I... The more I... You know, the deeper I get into it, that... You know, your night before research is important. You know, doing your charting the night before, just finding levels are becoming something. I'm, I'm learning how to find levels on, on bigger time frames than taking them down smaller. I'm, I'm getting better at that, learning that through um, through our homeboy rake trades. And so that's awesome. But I'm realizing that there's so much importance in like your night, your nightly routine when it comes to charting. If you're going to trade that next day. And I will say if I, if I go in blind, I'm not going to trade if I don't have a plan. That's one of my hard rules. I'm not at the point where I can just hop in and, and, uh, just trade on my phone, looking at a few charts here and there. I have to really have like my everything go and have like my laptop up, have multiple screens and my, everything open so I can see everything and, and trade from my phone with, with everything on my, and I really need more than just my laptop screen. I just, I'm, I travel all the time. So I have my laptop and my phone chart everything on my laptop and, and follow everything on trading view through that and then just trade on my phone. But I eventually want to have like a desk set up with a couple of mo- like not a couple of monitors, but just like maybe one or two. Um, I guess that would be a couple. What the fuck am I talking about? Anyways, <laughs> don't trade if you don't have a plan. That's the number. That's a, a great a great way to lose money fast, right? You know, if you're not gonna stretch, don't go hard into the gym. You're gonna pull something. So don't don't if you don't do your due diligence the night before or before market open, which on the West Coast is damn near impossible for me to do. I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. to do my research or to do my charting for that day. 
it's hard enough to get up at six and ready at six thirty, you know, to be, you know, good to go. And I think I've done it one day since I've been here. I've also, I've been busy with other stuff. I know that I've been good. I've been hitting up a few comedy clubs, went to the Hollywood improv, like first night I was here and second went to the comedy store, seeing some old friends doing the thing, you know? And, uh, speaking of had, had a great dinner with, with our, our, our great pal Keanu trades of the counter trades discord, which by the way, don't want to forget to mention sponsoring of this uh a sponsor of this podcast sponsoring of this podcast sponsor of this podcast counter trades discord i will continue to put the link in our bio or in the description of the episode if you want you get half off them a month the first month of the discord and you can just do it month to month i always say again don't join a discord until you know what we're talking about with options get some uh basic understanding then hop in and try it out you know half price it's like i think 35 bucks or something for the month because it's like normally 70 so yeah, try it out for that. There's discords that are way more, like I say. So it, I think for what you're getting, it's a really good, a really good price point. Put in the stuff for, uh, follow the link that I'll put in this episode and get that discount. Check it out. Good stuff. Um, and like I say, the, 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 for me, the best part about the discords and I guess FinTwit, I'm not, I'm on Twitter. I'm not good about, I need to be better about being on Twitter. I, I I'll, I'll keep talking about that so I hold myself to it through this. But the the things you can learn through the community on Discord is amazing. The the accountability of everyone showing up and and everyone having different strategies that are that are working or, or what's not working. You know, like what a recurring theme that's been going on in the in the Counter Trades Discord. If you're listening to the Morning Voices our Morning Voice sessions at all, you know, uh, Yuri uh, has just been killing it with his boba plays. Boba. I believe that came. That's a uh, boba trader on Twitter. <laughs> it's just so funny using these these like code names for everybody. Um, it's like these like multi. It's like these mil- multi millionaire traders. It's like the, like the most ridiculous names. You know what I mean? It's like with weed when you try to like sell weed as medicine and then you have to like say the names of the strains. It's like hard to take it seriously. Like what's the medicine? Uh, it's a uh, Bubba Kush Skywalker. Like all right. Like <laughs> it's kind of hard to like, you know take that seriously as, as a, but it is, I, I, you know, I'm pro weed here. You know, we all, we all know that, but, uh, yeah. So trying to, to, uh, to just kind of like utilize different strategies from people. One, like I said, from Boba, basically what he's doing is doing supply and demand stuff. Uh, Yuri, one of the guys in our discord, who's on morning voice often, uh, we'll definitely get him as a guest in this podcast soon. So I'd love to have him come on and talk more about how he plays these supply and demands with Boba, but these Boba plays, and he will put some of them in the Discord. I believe he has a channel within the Counter Trades Discord. He has his own little channel where he puts uh, his charts for where he puts finds those supply and demand zones. And basically, all you're doing is you're just buying and selling as 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 candles hit supply and demand zones. And we've talked about it previous episodes. You're not gonna be making a ton of money doing that, but you can hit consistent wins and, and do it all day, multiple times a day. So you might not hit that 100%, 200%, but you could hit four or five, 20% in the day or whatever, you know, I, I, you know, just depends on how you want to play it, I guess, or how, how, whatever the market's giving you. And that's, that's again, another thing I'm learning a lot too, is, is being so reactionary to the market. Like there's so many like, uh, indicators and patterns and trend lines, all these things you can do. And it's, it's one of the things like when people like, um, talk about getting into this whole game and I'm getting a lot of those questions again, as always, cause I made that post about, getting into options and all that stuff and how I did with, with Keanu and a lot of people still writing, like, I'm still having a hard time getting into it. It's like, just keep doing it, keep learning it. Like keep watching the videos. I say that cause I'm doing it myself. I still rewatch videos all the time. Videos that I watched 
day one, still rewatching those, like rinse and repeat until it sticks. Just keep keep going. Um, because eventually we'll make more and more sense and be aggressively curious about it. If you have questions on something, like I say, watch six or seven YouTube's on that YouTube videos on that subject, and then just take notes on the things that really resonate with you and finding someone that speaks your language with it. Like seeing like, okay, I understand how they talk. One thing I really like about Jake Ricci of Rake Trades is he puts things in, he has really good metaphors for a lot of his trading analogies, really good names for things, just simple stuff. Um, so that's very important, finding all that stuff. And, and again, it's not one particular thing that's going to, that's going to like get you on that track. It's not one, um, one one thing in particular it's just but again it doesn't take a ton of money it takes a lot it takes time and discipline for sure for sure um and outside of that you know keep buying up these long dips you know broader market stuff looking at the uh what was it cpi came out today lower than expected so markets blew up i like to think that my post about the counter trades discord is what saved the market single-handedly you're welcome It'll probably crash tomorrow now. Actually, I haven't looked at futures. We'll see. I'm recording this not super late on the West Coast, but I guess almost midnight East Coast time. Um, this will be out at midnight West Coast um, for those like three people that listen right away. Hey, they do, and I respect it. Good for you, folks. I'm always surprised by those. They're probably just bots, you know, probably just like bots to help me like feel better, better, better about myself. <laughs> um, but yeah. By the way, it's been, like I said, it, you might hear the air conditioner running in the background because it's fucking so hot here in Los Angeles right now. Uh, I, I was coming here hoping it wouldn't be, but let's be real. It's August in LA. When I lived here, I always tried to avoid it this time of year, but I had to come out here for a couple of things. I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not complaining, but I'm kind of complaining. It's like, hey, my life is tough. I, I have to fly to California. Uh, I have to. Um, but it has been hot as shit. And I, I swear I like almost died at Runyon Canyon yesterday, which is... I've always made fun of like this is one of the craziest phenomenons of LA is people getting airlifted out of Runyon Canyon. It happens so much more than you would think than you think it would, right? You'd be like, who? It's not Mount Everest. Like who? It's not like who is struggling to get up this mountain? It's Runyon Canyon. Like who is having a rough time with this? Uh, almost me yesterday. I totally get it now. I've done that hike in and Runyon Canyon, by the way, is not even like the coolest hike in LA. It's like one of the, it's not, it's one of the worst actually. There's way better ones in like Glendale, Pasadena, the Valley, like Studio City, Fryman Canyon's way better, all that shit. But anyways, Runyon Canyon's like walking distance to me. Uh, so I just, I hit that. It's easy. And was going down the East Trail, one of the tougher ones. I haven't, by the way, I was feeling good, feeling good about myself. Okay. I was trying to work off this heavy dinner I had with, with Keanu the night before, which by the way, I had a fire dinner. Uh, literally flaming margarita, flaming margaritas at El Compadre with the fajitas and the chili relleno because I don't play. Okay. Delicious. Legendary Mexican restaurant on Sunset Boulevard. Um, the best Mexican in LA? No, I think Casa Vega in the Valley is a little bit better if I'm being honest for you talk about combination plates, but El Compadre doesn't miss. And it actually is a little bit better than it, than it was before. Lucy's El Adobe or adobo whatever it was lucy's on melrose also phenomenal but closed on mondays so whatever we also want to go to muso and frank's but muso's is closed on mondays so we couldn't do that but anyways i digress i was trying to work off this heavy meal i had with keanu right i was like i'm gonna go because we also went to milk bar by the way i forgot to say that went to milk bar after um 
which very good the crack pie i think it's called crack pie i hope it is i hope i'm not just calling it crack pie that'd be bad but i think it's what it is it's essentially kind of like a lemon chest pie but a really good like brown sugar oatmeal fucking cook it's amazing tiny little slice of seven dollars the whole pie not even that big is like 50 some dollars <laughs> it's crazy milk bar is good i'll say that milk bar is good but overpriced it for real it is good but it's not it's i'm not saying it's not worth it i don't give a shit it's fine but i see where people i see this i see the argument is what i'm saying on milk bar i get it i get the argument against it and I'm not against paying that price for baked goods, okay? It's just I know that shit wasn't made there. It was dropped off on a truck. I don't walk in there and smell fresh baked cookies. No, I don't. These are wrapped in packages, okay? These were dropped off in a truck. This store is the size of a fucking food truck, all right? And especially because if you go to New York, Levain Bakery, you can get cookies that are far better, that are bigger, and the same price. I think cookies are like three seventy-five at Milk Bar. They're like that or cheaper at Levain Bakery. And Levain Bakery is insane. To have a fucking double chocolate chip cookie from Levain for like three, three some bucks, a cup of coffee, and walk your ass over to Central Park. Milk bar? Good. But you're paying seven bucks for a little slice of pie that you could get two Levain Bakery cookies for. And at Milk Bar, you're on Melrose and La Brea. What are you going to walk to? Fairfax High? And get stabbed by some junkie? I don't... I'm all set. It was very good though. Very good milk bar. But I hear the argument. I understand the gentleman on Google reviews that wrote the one star and was complaining about the price. I get it. He demands he demands more of his baked goods, as do I. Respect. But to work off this meal, I went for a hike at Runyon. And seriously, almost I, I thought I was going to die. Not die, but pass out. You know what I mean? And have to get like embarrassingly like saved by an ambulance or airlifted. Probably airlifted. It's not going to carry my... I'm 205 pounds. They're going to carry me out of the canyon. They're going to have to airlift me. And that's why like these this crazy phenomenon of, of tourists being saved out of Runyon Canyon. I went on a long tangent there. Talking about, <laughs> I was talking about uh, these Runyon Canyon tourists. Because it does happen. I'll see these tourists get saved by these fucking helicopters. And you're like, how? How on God's green earth is this, is this happening to you? But I, I get it. I even had like a, a hearty breakfast. I had enough calories in me. I drank some water. I was good to go. I may have had a little bowl before I went. Nothing crazy. Nothing I can't handle. Okay. For my hike. It was fine. Just a little pick me up. I go on the hike. Get down to the bottom of the East Trail. I'm stretching down there. I start hiking back up. Do the first climb up to where they see all the locks on the fence right there. If you've done Runyon. Where all the couples that, you know, the Tinder matches. The couples that are probably already broken up. Have put their little things on the chain link. Got up to there, felt my head like throbbing and started to see like spots. And then like things were starting to like fade, you know, like you dim the lights in a room. That's what, that's what was happening. And I'm like, up, oh, here we go. Here we go. Quick, took a swig of water. <laughs> things brightened back up. And I immediately, I'm like, I need to find a spot to chill. So I'll go up a few more yards, whatever it was, find a bush with some shade. And I sit in it and just hope to God, I don't sit on a fucking rattlesnake because it's a thousand degrees you know they're not they're trying to hide in the, in, the, in the shade too but i had to sit down in the shade and take a i've never had to do this take a break at runyon did that had to do it twice did it once after the first climb had to ration my water to, to finish the second part of the climb out of the east trail the east ridge trail right and then once you get back to where it's paved to head back up to mulholland uh 
I take another break for and then just have the the wind off the canyon hit me because I felt like I was, and I was so close to passing out multiple times. I was praying, praying to God. I could see the house from the trail. Just please get to the house, Whew, man. Never again. I was gonna go today. I was gonna go today, but I ended up taking a fat nap and was like, I don't want to be too. T- I knew if I went to hike Runyon after taking a nap. I was not going to be able to record this podcast. I would have sounded super groggy and been like, there's no way. So I just knew it. I had to do it. Um, still went to the gym today. So fine. We're good. We're good. I'm just trying to be overkill because I'm in LA. You get inspired. People look good out here. All right. You go hiking at Runyon. You see 12 packs all day. You're like, okay, chill. Chill, guys. Um, plus, I got to work off these burritos, man. I've had a couple burritos. As soon as I landed, Uber, Tacos El Gavilan on the way. Would have went to Cactus Tacos. This would have been a little bit out of the way at like kind of a busy rush hour time. So we hit the tacos El Gavilan. Solid spot. Stays up and late. Love it. Also got the king. My favorite cactus tacos. Studio City location. It's the best. The cactus tacos is the best in LA. I'll argue it. I'll fight anyone. Come on. Bring it. Tell me a better burrito spot than cactus tacos. Honorable mention. Piquito Moss locations are good. Different style of burrito. But honorable mention. Very good. Right up there. But consistency consistently the best cactus tacos there is also a spot on burbank that my friend chris millhouse showed me great new york comic lived out in la for a long time that's where we became homies <clears throat> he showed me a place by flappers that was really good i forget the name of the place but it's right by it's right next to the in and out by flappers it was i don't know if it's still open post covid i don't know but anyways i'm glad i survived running plus this, that that doing running that was the first time i'd done it since i broke my leg you know, I was out here in March, but I didn't hike. I did hike running, but I didn't do that like hard part of the trail yet because I didn't trust my leg. I had to wait t- kind of till April to really start doing anything like that or May to kind of be a little more aggressive with it. So I didn't hike it when I was out here in March. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm finally going to because I snapped, you know, most people know uh, who listen to this. But if you don't, I broke the fuck out of my leg and my ankle last Labor Day, like last like August. Yeah. into August, whatever it was, going into September. Um, so almost a year ago to the day and, uh, was all excited to hike the trail, did it almost passed out and would need a helicopter to save me. How embarrassing, you know, like in Iceland, you know, Icelanders get annoyed when tourists have to get saved by helicopters in the national parks because they'll go out and do dumb shit and not pay attention and, uh, lose their way and it's send out a helicopter. And obviously that comes out of taxpayer money. Now, of course, tourists fund a lot of the country, so it's, it is what it is. It's kind of a cost doing business, if you will. But locals do get annoyed because it's like, yo, man, don't do that. Like, don't, what were you thinking? You know, it's not the helicopter. How embarrassing if it happens at Runyon Canyon, you know? Like, you can see an In-N-Out burger from Runyon Canyon. Imagine being needed to being, imagine needing to be rescued by a helicopter inside of an, in, an In-N-Out burger. Like, it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it happens, and it almost happened to me. I'm glad it didn't, okay? I'm glad we're here. Um, anyways, back to uh, what was going on this week. So, yeah, CPI came out. I was doing some numbers on this, and actually, I, this, this podcast came out a little bit late uh, for this week. So, I was going to say to buy the dip on cybersecurity stocks. Fortinet had a great earnings recently, um, and then they Palo Alto Networks took a big dip after that. I noticed because I don't know if they thought like they were going to be losing business to Fortinet or whatever, but I was like, buy the dip in Palo Alto, which if you did, it went down to like 480, 470 something, like 476. Now Palo Alto's back at like, I think it's back over five as of today. 
So let's see. Let me pull my stock thing here on the old MacBook. Um. Yeah, Palo Alto's back at five twenty one. Damn, dude, twenty one dollar move today. So fat, fat move on that. Same thing with CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike's back at two hundred. I don't own CrowdStrike personally. Sometimes I options trade it. I think I've only options traded it once actually. Um, but I was thinking this, I kept saying to like buy the dip in big tech over the last few months. And as we're seeing this comeback, like we're not out of the woods yet. I think we still need like to pass 13,000 on the NASDAQ. That's a big level for the NASDAQ. I really just pay attention to the NASDAQ because that's where I'm heavily invested in and the S and P. I know 4,200 was a big level. And then the, the Dow, I don't really pay attention to. I guess I have Apple, Apple's in the Dow, but Apple just moves. Apple controls everything. So if Apple moves, the rest of things, most things move with Apple. But anyways, I kept saying buy the dip in big tech. And if you did, if you bought the Apple dip, you'd be up like 40% over the summer alone. Same with like Google and Amazon. I'm not sure about Google actually, but definitely with Amazon. Because it went down to like almost 100. Now it's back at like 140 something. So you'd be up 40% uh, on, on, on Amazon just in a couple of months. So uh, it's boring. I know. Like even I just told like an Uber driver the other day, he was asking me about like what my, my stock tip, but he didn't want to do options, which is fine. But he asked like my stock advice, you know, what to do. And I was like, I just said like, just first of all, just like anchor your portfolio with Google and Apple. And the first thing I always say that first thing people say after I say that is like, oh, they're already so huge. I mean, what more could they do? It's like people said that 10 years ago, you know, it's like they've said that five, they said it five years ago, said 15 years ago, 20 years. It's like until I see a viable candidate to knock these these two off their pedestal it's not worth not anchoring your portfolio with them it's not worth going against it it just it just is i mean i've done it i've had i have multiple brokerages i've done it with i've always anchored the account with apple and it's worked every time knock on wood so and i don't see why google would be any different google's ad revenue i mean everything marketing wise should be digital at this point right like if you're if you're spending any money on like any kind of ads it should be digital i feel I, I don't know what is really worth your money outside of that you know like billboards and all that shit radio ads maybe i don't know radio ads aren't bad or like podcast ad reads that kind of shit depending on your business but even that's still like a digital thing like podcast ad reads to me that's still digital i just feel that's like it's i guess it's not it's kind of like radio ads but those still, those are still effective i guess like if you're like a local like car dealership or something but really, realistically, so much of your money is better spent online for marketing. And that's why Google and they're all going to eat it up forever. So until you find someone that's better at that, uh, it's not going to change. And I know Apple keeps talking about buying, building a car. Who gives a shit if they do or not? They're going to build something that people want to buy. And that's all that matters. Um, before coming out to LA, by the way, I was trading at a, like a coffee shop at the bottom of a luxury apartment building. And nice little coffee shop. And I was just doing some day trading. Had my trading view up. Uh, and some dude came up to me. And I was like, oh, man, what are you trading? And I was like, I'm just, you know, doing some daily, you know, weeklies on, you know, looking at NVIDIA at the time. And uh, he started talking about Ken Griffin. You know, Ken Griffin, famously of Citadel, left Chicago recently, you know, fled Chicago, went to Miami. I've talked about him for a few, a couple episodes. I've, I've mentioned him, talked about uh, him leaving Chicago. He left because he said because he, he was uh, sick of the crime of Chicago. But this dude was like, oh, no, yeah, he's getting run out of town because he talked about like basically the squeeze happening still. And, uh, he talked about like, I didn't exactly hear everything. He was you know, understand everything he was talking about. He was talking fast, a bunch of random shit, but he told me to buy 
calls on Bed Bath & Beyond for like June, January 2023. So I've been looking at it. Bed Bath & Beyond actually has gone up quite a bit since he said it. And the day he said this, he talked about like a German clearinghouse like defaulting on something. And that was the day that HKB, whatever that stock was that went crazy last week. I don't know if you saw it, HKD, whatever it was, HKB. It was like it came out at like IPO'd at 15 bucks. And within like a couple of days, it was $2,500 a share. Some insane, insane gains. Um, definitely going to be people going to jail for that. Some fraud, I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. Um, it was during that. It was like the day that happened was when he told me about this. Uh, and then he told me to buy, like he said, he was looking at, he hadn't bought them yet, but he was looking at buying Bed Bath & Beyond calls for January 2023. And so to be honest with you, I don't know what he was really talking about uh, because he didn't really, he just, I, I was, he kind of caught me off guard and, and he was kind of going into all sorts of stuff. And, but to be honest, I think I might just throw a couple hundred bucks at some long, I never do long calls like that. Because they're risky, because you just never know. So many things can change. And also long calls like that are usually very expensive because uh, you have so much time for the contract to go in your favor. So like, it's just not something I do often. It's I always say it's kind of for insider traders, right? For like, if you know information, then they're, then you can profit on them nicely. But otherwise, it's like, what the fuck was that for? Uh, just focus on like your day trading or your weekly, you know, overnight swings, things like that. Like, so, but I might just throw a couple hundred bucks at it. You know, why not? It's like the people that told me about Dogecoin when it was at like below a penny. If I just want to throw in like 200 bucks at it, then I could have made like 5,000, 7,000, $10,000 off like 200 bucks. And not like $10,000 is life-changing money, but 200 bucks for it. And like, who gives a shit if you lose 200 or you lose half of it? Okay, you lose hundred bucks. Who cares? Lost a hundred bucks last, like two days ago at the bar, you know, like more between milk. Oh, I just pulled out my mic. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, between fucking Milk Bar, El Compadre, wherever we went, Comedy Store. Hell yeah, I spent more than I would have, than have gambled on a Dogecoin, right? I'm not saying Dogecoin's a viable investment, but people did tell me about it early. I said, whatever. Again, some of these things I need to just throw a couple hundred bucks at here and there. I've, I've learned that from some of my crypto friends who don't buy, like they stay heavy on like the coins that are like, you know, have a lot of validity, like Ethereum and Bitcoin have a lot of big money behind them, but they'll randomly throw a few hundred bucks at like some of these crazy coins. Like some of my friends have made money on like, on like that Shibu, that Shibu coin. Yeah. Shibu Inu, that one, uh, of course, Doge, um, Cardano, whatever the fuck these ones, random ones. And they're like, yeah, I just throw a hundred bucks at them. And if they hit, you know, you don't need them all to hit kind of like with options. You don't have to hit all of them. You just keep your losses limited and make sure the, that when you hit the gains, you hit the gains and you take your money. Just like with some of those like riskier crypto investments, I would feel. Right? Um, so yeah, I'm going to look into that. Why not? Right? Why the fuck not? Um, I'm just looking over markets today. Like, damn, things really did go up crazy today. 535 on the Dow, 360 on the NASDAQ, 87 S&P. I mean, really hitting all these levels. If we have another big day... If we have another like pop tomorrow, like damn, like are we out of the recession? I mean, are we not going to have one? What's going on here? But what's funny is we're getting back to like we're getting back to like almost all time high levels. Well, not really. We're still pretty far away from you know the Nasdaq sixteen thousand, the Dow at thirty seven thousand for its all time uh, uh, high. But like, I mean, we're getting close. Like Tesla's getting back up there. Apple's right back up there. Nvidia's getting close. Amazon, eh, kind of. But I guess Square's still been pummeled. Shopify, 
Palo Alto's doing fine, holding up really well. So we're getting back there. Uh, Microsoft, man, I, I that's when I've been kicking myself for not going long. But I guess if you look back and check the tapes on these on these episodes, I did talk about wanting to buy Microsoft at like two thirty, maybe even a little bit below that. And I just like I don't have the capital, I don't have the money. I'm putting it towards options. I'm focusing on other things. But man, Microsoft, it's just one of those that you just can't go wrong with, right? Especially as we move more towards like again, you just, big tech got sold off hard. It's like they didn't lose half their business. Their stock prices got pummeled by like more than that. So it's kind of just silly. And you're seeing kind of the playback now. I'm kind of kicking myself though for not playing options the last few days because damn, things have been hot. Real hot. I mean, big swings. If you're hitting these these right levels, I mean, just printing money. So that needs. I need to remind myself that. That'll motivate me to get up early tomorrow to, to catch some of these. We still got... What Thursday? So we got Thursday, Friday. We still got two days to hit it. You know, I'm gonna try to get to down. I'm gonna go downtown LA tomorrow. I'm gonna try to hit up some spots and uh, get some stuff done downtown. And um, I'm gonna get some Amboy quality meats. Amboy, the best burgers in Los Angeles. I'll talk about it more in another episode, probably. I don't need to, but I probably still will. But the guy that started Egg Slut sold it got franchised he said screw it i'm gonna go focus on burgers makes the best burgers at like a hole in the wall chinatown spot so good can't wait to get it you'll see the photos i'm gonna get two burgers probably because his i want to get the regular his grizzly burger the grizzly which is just like a classic double cheeseburger red onions pickles i think that's it mustard it's so good simple um that and then his special is really good this week it's kind of similar like a hot honey double cheeseburger i can't it's insane it's insane the guy's a master um that and i'm also tempted to get some some ramen downtown some sushi and some ramen a friend of mine turned me on to a sushi restaurant downtown where the guy's kind of like the soup nazi from seinfeld like he won't always make what you want like he just kind of like he's just kind of like you get what he's in the mood to make kind of thing like you can ask for stuff but he'll be like yeah okay i'll give you one piece of that we'll just give you what you want which i respect i respect when you can't have it your way it's like Paul's Burger Joint in New York, it's, uh, in the East Village. Like they, it's, it's one of their things. They say like uh, some of their burgers. They say like no substitutions. Like this isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. I like that. I respect that. Um, all right. I want to wrap up on a couple of things here. I'm not going to go too long this week, just because I've been away from my computer a little bit as far as trading goes. So um, I don't have like super detailed stuff to talk about as far as my own trades this week, other than I'm focusing on finding levels, doing my nightly charting, still doing my Sunday night research to plan for the week, looking out on bigger time frames on those candles and seeing, seeing trends and seeing where you can find pullbacks and kind of seeing like, you know, just a rule of thumb now is kind of like when I see big pops, I'm seeing, okay, where's this going to pull back or break to the next level to the upside uh, same thing when downtrends like, or, or, you know, see where you can catch it on pullbacks, things like that. So, um, you know, so far so good, but again, I don't want to trade on days where I don't, don't put in the work because then you're trading blind and you're just going to, and then if you get lucky, you almost feel guilty. Like if you hit a trade, right, you're like, Oh, cool. But you almost kind of like feel guilty about it. You know, I mean, not really. Cause you got the cash, but you're kind of like, ah, shouldn't be doing it that way. Shouldn't be, you know, getting lucky with it. Um, but uh, I'll be at it more this week for sure. Um, but man, respect to the West Coast traders. You guys are a different animal. But I will say it's nice getting done early. But I've been taking crazy naps. I've been taking so many naps. It's like too much. Because once I start taking a nap, I get addicted to them. I want more throughout the day. You know, I can't get enough naps. It's a lot. It's a lot, folks. All right. 
be safe out there. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Oh, by the way, sorry, no video this week. I, uh, I do have my stuff to get it set up. I just didn't have, um, I wanted to get this episode out and I just didn't have the time to fucking get it all done. Right. If I'm being honest with you. So we'll have video next week. We'll make sure that that's done. But, uh, yep. Still audio for everywhere for this week and we'll be back at it next week. All right. Be safe out there. See you next week.